We got even more election updates. Has everybody forgotten the Hunter Biden scandal? Flynn gets pardoned as there are more COVID-19 updates. CBS has major problems ahead along with HBO Max's. The music industry has woes. Heavy mail is going to rise. Will it survive? The tradition of Thanksgiving. Radiation helps planets keep alive with life. Jupiter's moons may be keeping each other warm. The passing of the late great Diego Maradona and a message for men heading into next year with our future projects. All this and more on this Thanksgiving weekend episode of Beyond This Earth. This is Beyond This Earth. Hello folks, welcome to Beyond This Earth, Thanksgiving Weekend Edition. Novid Hallback here, we got a lot of things to discuss in this one hour, 30 minute edition of Beyond This Earth. Let's start with the election. Certain states will not, by court order, ratify the election until an investigation is completed. The interesting thing about this is that there was a hearing. Giuliani and a couple of others from the Biden administration, uh, president-elect, quote-unquote, the presumptive winner of the election, Mr. Biden's um, committee, spoke in a hearing. That took place a couple of days from this recording. Basically, and they put it on Twitter here, so it will be easier for me to explain it here. Ruli Giuliani makes this statement in this particular um, setting. Of the 6,000 votes, 600K votes added during the curious spikes in PA, how many went to Biden? Witness, I think our figures were about 70, 570-some-odd thousand. And how much were for Trump? I think it was a little, little over 3,200. The crowd erupts in gas and laughter. Now, one side of the laughter, I believe, is, is that Okay, he really did have that many people. Biden, as I'm, I'm saying this, he really did have that many people vote for him by mail-in ballot. We had a pandemic, this sort of other thing and whatnot. But the statistics showing all of this is showing that it is closer to fraud than it is to an actual, how shall we say, popular mandate. In this particular election, Revolver News then posted something concerning about the definitive case that Donald Trump won the election. They did two analytical stories first using the data from the New York Times and Edison um, and Edison Technologies, if you want to put it, put it in that particular sense. Edison Statistics Analytics, excuse me. 
And so in the two part one, which you, which they have links into the link that I have on the linky page, link tree page, which will be on the place where you see the podcast details, the radio show details, excuse me. They basically put out that Montgomery County smelled suspicious. Montgomery County smells suspicious. And we have proof on one end how suspicious it was. First off, we looked at the major cities in the rest of this country and how better Trump did from 2016 to 2020. He did better in the cities in 2020 than he did in 2016. So you have a certain amount of pull of of the electorate. Now the electorate had increased, obviously, surprisingly with all this pandemic things what and whatnot. But the increase could only be talib- tabulated in the sense that there were a lot more people that came around at the early hours before they went to work. And then there were some that came after work. We can explain that. There are pictures out there as we show, as they were shown on election day, taking pictures of the polling places. And there weren't a lot of people there, especially in the large African-American community population there. I've also mentioned about what happened in 2000 about two about a week ago concerning how they handled it in 2000 with the on with the ballots. So this is what Revolver stated and it's kind of short so I'm just going to try and write read it quickly here. From Revolver News, if Joe Biden taking a lead in Michigan and Wisconsin was the moment of the dynamic the presidential race change this may be the moment the dynamic changes again. A thorough and damning, damning new analysis just published calls the legitimacy of, legitimacy of this critical period into question and shows how completely ridiculous and far-fetched that the core of the Joe Biden comeback was really was in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. It had four individual vote dumps critical to Joe Biden's victory in these states and shows convincingly that the ratios of Biden votes to Trump votes were profoundly anomalous when compared to other dumps in those states and virtually every other vote dump across the county, country, excuse me. This report was written in dry and academic language filled with um, graphs, footnotes, and various hedges. But the implications could not be more obvious. Indeed, if the office were less tepid, they might have fairly tilted. Joe Biden's victory, according to uh, Revolver News, was not legitimate. And now they say they can prove it. Because that is exactly what the report does. It looks at election data and shows what many would have expected. The states and cities that had the most suspicious circumstances on election night and on to the next day were precisely where the analysis flags extreme anomalies. Then they showed the background of the report, both in Wisconsin and in Michigan. 
The report is based on an analysis of the difference between successive updates in each state in which it calls votes updates. In online disc calls, this is often referred to vote dumps or vote batches. It explains and examines them across states and controlling for how big a state is and democratic it is, it does the following. According to Revolver News, it, it defines mathematically what a vote spike is. Shows how rare there are. Shows that in a five-hour period, four vote spikes arrive favoring Joe Biden. Shows how crucial these were to Joe Biden's election in um, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. And most damnedly, shows how Joe Biden would have likely lost these states and the election if those were spikies were on, were spiking in 99% of all vote dumps. The report describes a measurement for showing the relationship between the number of votes Biden wins or loses by by any given vote dump and shows how well he did as a ratio to Trump's votes in that vote dump while controlling for size and political lean of a state. It thus normalizes the data across states, allowing for apples to apples comparisons. The key mathematical reason why these vote spikes are anomalous is that for every large vote dump heavily favoring Biden in every, any given area, you would expect to have smaller vote dumps in the same area which favor him by similar margins. They quote from the report, the believability of these updates relies on the premise that one or two most Biden favoring parts of the state, probably by vote ballot type, were counted entirely in these two batches. It goes on to describe the same logic. This is going back to Revolver News reporting here. For the other updates as well, large ballot dumps, which heavily favor a candidate, might make sense if there are also smaller ones that favor the candidate more. The standardization process used by the researchers here takes care of that and shows that how many points up and to the right of the graph are the more co-extreme vote dumps in the language of the report. The dotted black line on top is the 95 percentile. In other words, only one out of every 200 points are above it. The four vote dumps in question are above the 99.292 percentile. With these ratios, if they were in the 99th percentile only, they would have been dragged down to the middle of the three lines shown. Critically, they account for more than a margin of the victory in all three states and does 42 electoral votes and with them the presidency. How to make sense of this? The analysis is incredibly dense but contains several key points. The first one is this. Four of the seven most extreme vote dumps decided the election for Joe Biden. These four, these four dumps were quantitatively more extreme than any other vote dump, with only a few others extremeing that are aberration from the inverse pattern observed elsewhere. The odds that the three states so represented it at the top, the distribution is over 1%. And when you factor the vote dump in Georgia is the ninth most extreme point, the odds of these three states having five of the top 10 most extreme point vote dumps dropped to less than 1%.
Clearly, there is something different about these states than others, including blue states and other Midwestern states where a deep blue urban population offsets the, red of the, the rest of the red of the state. Or states like Colorado, Texas, or Oregon, where the urban areas are vastly more democratic than the rest of the state. These Volkswagen all occurred at the same five-hour period. This five-hour period remains to be a great controversy surrounding how the vote counting was stopped. Recently, we learned of a story of a pipe bursting in Georgia, which we mentioned this last week on the show of Beyond This Earth. We mentioned this last week, uh, two weeks ago, or two weeks or one week ago in Georgia. That was, in fact, not true. Combined with that with the results of the peace and an obvious picture comes into view, in all three states, the count was stopped to give cover for electoral fraud on the scale of a hundreds of thousands of votes, which was released in the middle of the night, hoping few would notice. Then they showed a post from David Schaefer. Let me repeat, Fulton County election officials. This is from November 9th, 2020. Fulton County election officials told me that the media and our observers that they were shutting down the tabulation center at State Farm Arena, the home of the Atlanta Hawks, at 10.30 p.m. on election night, only to continue counting ballots in secret until 11, uh, 1 a.m. The burden of proof is now on Joe Biden, Harris, the Democratic Party, and their various urban machine operatives to defend these results as legitimate. On the ground circumstances, these states have not been suspicious for weeks and warrant investigation in their own right. We now have the math to confirm our suspicions. This report and winding sentences in hedge language bears it out all for all of us to see. According to Revolver News, Joe Biden's victory relied on a fraudulent counting process at the dead of night. The media has no interest in covering this and indeed is trying to actively suppress it. An attempt for Google to search for precincts to stop the count make this clear. The state of the election perpetrated in the middle of the night in several states was allowed to happen only because the extraordinary measures and assistance given to the Democrats by big media, big tech. Nonetheless, thanks to what appears to be an anonymous group of researchers, we can definitely state what we knew all along. President Donald Trump is the legitimate winner of this election. Republican state legislators in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia must refuse to seat electors for Joe Biden until a complete forensic audit has been conducted. That is according to Revolver News. Speaking of politics, Michael Flynn has been recently pardoned, and then he wrote a Thanksgiving he wrote an essay speaking about all the challenges that he has gone through and hopes that America can get through a lot of the things that are they are going to go through as these particular COVID restrictions continue and so on. So, and this one is a very interesting case with Flynn. Now that he is pardoned, we'll see what happens next. Then things are really going to get interesting from here as Trump is tries to figure out a way to get through all of these things and we'll see what happens on the 14th the, the December 12th 
September 12th, 13th, and 14th. We'll see what happens with that particular situation there. Has everybody forgotten about the Hutton Biden scandal? I haven't. Because there were news that recently came out that the guy that had the particular laptop that Biden told him to sell off, guess what? His business is closed. That's right. The computer agency that works in Delaware that had Hunter Biden's laptop, it's gone. The company closed down. That's some scary shit if it closed down. The owner has been hounded, death threats, the whole nine yards we're hearing. It's not been a pretty sight. So there will be trouble ahead for this particular person for showing this particular um, data as it were. And it is not pretty, not pretty at all. Speaking of which, recent news that just came out, the Iranian nuclear scientists got shot by drive-by by clandestine agencies. An Iranian scientist dubbed the leader of the secret military nuclear program from Tehran until it was ended in the early 2000s was killed by drive-by on Friday with the Iranian regime alleging involvement by Israel. The state TV over in Iran stated sources confirming the death of Mohammed Zin Farizay and will offer more information later. The semi-official Fars News Agency reported that he was killed in an attack at Abbasad to the east of Tehran. It said witnesses heard the sound of an explosion and then machine gun fire, according to reports. The attack targeted a car Faradzeh was in, the agency said. Terrorists murdered an imminent Iranian scientist today, Foreign Minister Jarad Sharif tweeted, This cowardice, a, a serious indication of Israeli rule, shows desperate warmongering of the perpetrator. Iran calls the international community to end the shape of double standards and condemn this act of terror. Farazade led so-called Iranian, Iranian Ahmad, or Hope Program, which Israel and the West described as a military operation to build a nuclear weapon. The UN Atomic Agency said the program ended in the early 2000s. Farazade's death will be another major blow to the Tehran regime which has struggled to amid maximum pressure from the Trump administration and saw the U.S. leave the 2015 Iran nuclear deal and impose waves of sanctions on the Islamic dictatorship. In January, the U.S. took out Iranian General Qasem Soleimani in a strike which one Trump administration described as an act of self-defense against an intimate attack. Axios reported this week that Israel Defense Forces are preparing for the possibility that the U.S. military will strike Iran during the last two months of President Trump's time in office. It comes after a week after the New York Times reported that Trump had asked serious advisors about his options to strike Iran's main nuclear site after the international specials reported details of a significant increase in the Iran stockpile of nuclear material. Well, 
that is going to get really, really interesting as things start to keep up over there. Biden. Oh, and speaking of this, the people that are supposed to help in the transition is now about to give Biden the nuclear information. Well, not nuclear information per se, but the national security reports redacted, of course, because all the bullshit going on right now, redacted reports and a whole nine yards concerning that. And so we move on from there. Uh, so they would have known about what is going on in this particular place, as we have seen. Concerning Coinbase, Coinbase made a statement several weeks ago concerning about politics and what their business is going to do around these political issues and situations. They were hinted or given notice by people working with Coinbase or their lawyers that the New York Times was going to post something on Sunday. We'll have more information about it on next week's episode of Beyond This Earth, short blurb about it, that the New York Times were going to do what it amounts to a hit piece concerning their treatment of African-American workers. Before this article could come out, Coinbase went on Medium to explain their situation, pretty much stating that the New York Times was playing bullshit games. One of the reporters from the New York Times didn't go on Twitter trying to explain himself, but the damage was already done. So now they're going to have to figure out how to fix the article or is this more of corporations playing bullshit against its, cu- against its customers and against the media? That's up to you to decide, but Coinbase said that this politics got to stop. It is damaging to everybody in the cohesion of the company, but all of a sudden we're having this. This is very dark, folks. It is. Whether people like it or they don't. Now, there was a video out there by James Corbett that mentions about lockdowns and COVID-19. And as I was talking about that last week, if you missed it on Teachable Moments, about the new origin, possible new origins of the virus done by ICER-9 on September 15th, 17th, and 15th, 16th, and 17th of this year on Twitter. And then all the things that um, uh, uh, Carl Denninger mentioned in his several missives on the market ticker, connecting this with the mask study from the Danish study from atrium i believe uh and other particular um entities i know that they were uh, uh, that other medical journals that refused to air it refused to give them a fair shake now mr corbett has stated that 
there was a 15-year-old female by the name of Janice Brown, I believe. Janice Brown did a study about how to handle pandemics. And so this particular study was co-signed by her father. Her father is Michael Brown, who used to work in Homeland Security, mind you, used to work in Homeland Security. And the study was published and her daughter was giving credit in this study. You can go look it up. Mr. Corbett, in this particular missive for Instagram, stated some crazy stuff about the connections with Brown and the rest of them. But basically, they're saying the lockdowns do not work. And why were they set up for control? Now, there is something that happened in Canada with this particular entity by the name of Amberson Barbecue. Amberson Barbecue was open when the majority of Toronto locked down again. And the Toronto mayor asked for a lockdown and pretty much the Emerson barbecue owner, Alan Skelly, said, come get me. There is a video out there by Tina Yadani, a reporter for City News Toronto. And this is some crazy shit here. There's the guy, he's being let out, and there's a black man trying to protect Mr. Skelly. The black man swings on a cop a mounted police officer, well, they're not really mounties, but they call the RMCT, uh, Royal Mounted Police of Toronto. And he arrested the black dude. And then they moved um, Alan Skelly to the other side. So from Yadiani's reporting, the owner, Adam Skelly, was arrested on 1225 yesterday. There was another angle from the day, then the update from the police on Adam Scully's arrest. He's been advised not to enter the restaurant. He attempted anyways and pushed through police. After they was handcuffed for trespassing, he's facing four new charges and will be held in custody overnight. Chaos at an Boca Coke restaurant for the third straight day as the lockdown defying owner of Aversy Brother is arrested. Amberson Barbecue owner is arrested on $50,000 Canadian money and will be, next court appearance will be on January 4th. This has been going on for months now between these two folks, between the government and Adam Skelly. Um, a couple years ago, a couple uh, uh, months ago, he was cited on issues concerning with cleanliness and other particular things as well. But this COVID thing has pushed them over the edge. And now people are trying to defend this particular situation. It is crazy. And what's also crazy is that now the Supreme Court had overturned a lot of the state's rules concerning lockdowns. 
So Paul Porter bought this and said, this is not a good measure. You, you know, when that Amy Comey Barrett is a Catholic and it is a powerful member of the United States Supreme Court, even as we speak. Of course, the Twitter people who don't really like the church, but like Francis, the Pope, has stated, look, you know, the Catholic Church really hasn't done too much, but at least when it comes to these lockdowns, they're on the right side of history. You can get the foolery every single day, folks. Every single day is foolery over there at Twitter. This leads into the shocking news that came out of the same place that we get all of our data, or mostly the data that are important concerning with COVID-19, the numbers and the truth about the numbers. Folks, when you remove something from the internet and it has to do with COVID-19, you do know it's going to stay there forever, folks, right? Well, I'm going to tell you how it went down here. This is the most unbelievable stuff. They took a closer look. This is from Van Gogh in 2020, November 22nd, which was a couple of days ago. According to raw new data, the U.S. currently ranks first in COVID-19 cases, new cases per day, and deaths. Genevieve Bryant, assistant projected writer of the Applied Economics Master's Degree Program in Hopkins, critically analyzed at COVID-19 deaths on using data from the Centers of Disease Control on the webinar titled COVID-19 Cases, a look at the U.S. data. She explained that the significance of COVID-19 on U.S. deaths can be fully understood only through the comparison of total deaths in the United States. After retrieving the data from the CDD website, Brand graph representing changes in the total number of deaths category from early February to early September. Surprisingly, the deaths of older people stayed the same. Since COVID-19 mainly affects the elderly, experts suspected an increase in the percentage of deaths in older people. However, the increase is not seen from the CDC data. In fact, the percentage of the Dutch among all age groups are relatively the same. The reason we have a higher number of COVID deaths among older individuals than younger individuals is that everyday older individuals die in higher numbers than younger individuals, Brianne said. It is absolutely crazy. There was a post on it on Deniger's site that pretty much stated the same thing. Because older people, more older people are dying. That's why the deaths are rising. So the deaths are rising concurrently with the name, with the same number of particular COVID cases that happen over on the other side. So it's an overall death count, but it's the same amount of people that are dying or the same groups of people dying of COVID-19 that died before. So it's like activating the cash register twice. Do you know what happened next? Our friends at John Hopkins University decided to censor the data, remove the offending post, 
and said that that type of information is now classified for reconsideration. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. You can see more of that data and a lot more of what we talked about in this first segment on beyond on our the link link tree link on the bottom of where you get your podcast information in the description handle there. Coming up next, we need to talk about CBS's and HBO Max's major problems ahead and the music industry woes and heavy metals coming and truly possible rise from out the grave. All that and more on Beyond This Earth, Thanksgiving Weekend Edition. We will be back right after this. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. Welcome back to Beyond This Earth. This is Novid Hollerback. We need to talk about CBS's and HBO Max, while well, mostly Tom Warder Media's upcoming major icebergs ahead. This has to do with David Chappelle mostly, but I think it is tantamount to the things that we all need to discuss concerning these two particular entities and what type of future they have concerning their properties. First of all, David Chappelle made a quote about Netflix. And a quote pretty much stated that Netflix needs to stop airing a certain show, which is the Dave Chappelle show. He doesn't get any money from it. And he doesn't want anything to do with CBS, Viacom CBS, with HPO, and other entities of note until they pay him what he owes. Basically, they are airing everything concerning his show on CBS All Access, which will soon become Paramount Plus. Paramount Peaks is my code name for it. They will, they have airing it on HBO Max and they're airing it on other, and Netflix before they removed it. Netflix was told to remove it. Netflix did. And out of that type of respect, he said, thank you, that sort of day. But the rest of them, he doesn't want to talk to them, even though they have been talking and negotiating all the rest of it. He wants his money. He doesn't want to deal with any particular thing until he pays them his money. People don't recognize this, but let me explain. Comedy Central had two major stars during this time. They had Mr. They had John Stewart and they had David Chappelle. David Chappelle was the biggest star Comedy Central ever had. Regardless of what anybody says about John Stewart. John Stewart only came in 
and his type of comedy only came in after Chappelle left in 2005. That is the reason why we are at this particular point. That's the reason why. So whether they want to say it or not, I know how much good that John uh, uh, John Stewart has done for a lot of the um, 9-11 people that have been injured because of that dark event and trying to pay, get the firefighters medical insurance and all the rest of these things. Yes, those are all good things, but we need to call a spade a spade. John Stewart and his boys and the female that works with him. They only got there because Dave Chappelle didn't want to deal with Viacom and their bullshit. Can I make that very clear? Didn't want to deal with him and the bullshit. It's time to for them to make good before it's too late. But I doubt they can make good because if you were willing to go behind another man's back and take his job, well, because obviously there are very, there are very important reasons why he left. Nick Cannon was fired. But if you're willing to go behind him, his back and go to his friend and say, take over a wilding out, we need a new host. And the guy said, no, what does that say about you? What does that say about anybody that works with CBS, Viacom, if you're not, uh, God, look, what he said about uh, this anti-Semitism role, I understand why they call it anti-Semitism. I understand it. But a lot of people don't see it that way. But what I'm basically saying is if Viacom said to did that, and it is his friend, it's his friend, he said, look, take over the job for me, this, that, and the other thing. What do you think they're going to do? What do you think? I don't know what to tell you. Other than the fact that Viacom is willing to do anything to keep these things alive. And they're a business and you need to see it that way. But if not Nick Cannon, it's Scott Pelly. Before Viacom took over. And now we're seeing some interesting things happening in CBS Sports concerning contracts. They're already talking about it in the New York Post. It's time to make Jim Nance. Pat Summerall, legitimately like Pat Summerall. It's time to give him that money. I'm just saying, but people better be careful. You don't want to lose that guy. I don't care what anybody tells you. You better figure something out. Oh, and not to be outdone, did you know that Viacom is about to sell Simon & Schuster? To another company for $2.2 billion. They're no longer the top six publishing companies. They're the top five. And all of them are working under the Amazon Aegis as it were.
I want to go to the Warner Brothers issues now. And starting with Wonder Woman 84, they're going to do streaming at the same time of the theaters because as rumors have run rampant, these motherfuckers want to de- want to end the want to end the feeder distribution system. They basically either want to own the feeders again like they did pre-1949, but now that law is no longer in enforced. Not laws no longer truly enforced and they want to have the 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 360 deal like they do in the music industry. They want to have the 360 deal like they do in the music industry. And 360 deal is streaming music rights the whole nine yards. But Wonder Woman 84 is now part of the whole situation concerning it. They want a cut of the action now. I don't think it's going to work. I think this is another issue that they're going to have to solve. Dieters need to have some form of resistance past 2021. I don't think they will necessarily so, but this is the start of these tiered systems where the theaters are going to have to do things outside of their outside of their um ages in order to get people in the seats. This thing all changes with a vaccine for the coronavirus vaccine, but even with that I would really be careful when people are starting to use um, to enjoy entertainment. These tickets in to say that you're vaccinated from COVID-19. It's a scary time. If this shit spreads to the rest of the world, what happens when other viruses come around? Folks, they are using a lot of this as pretext to and a lot of the bullshit concerning with behaviors that people are putting up. That's what this, what is really happening is, is that the behaviors of a lot of people in the movie theaters, they feel as though is unbecoming. What COVID is going to do is, is going to allow a pretext for all of this thing to stop. That's not a good pretext. If people don't want to teach right behaviors of how they want to deal with how they want to deal with people and how to behave in the movie theater, then there's going to be bigger prop. Then you have bigger problems than just the vaccine that you're using as a cover in order to make sure the right people are in the movie theaters, as it were. And they can do all sorts of bullshit with this ticket. All sorts of bullshit. CBS News and CNN in the future are going to go undergo massive changes. First off, CNN, they're thinking about selling CNN. The first person who said they were willing to buy CNN was CBS News. The first people. It wasn't even there. They automatically said, if we have the money, we were going to do it. Is CNN worth the cash? Let me tell you something was happening with Fox News. Fox News is losing their ratings so fast, I can't even believe they're losing those ratings. 
the ratings for those shows. Tucker Carlson still is at 4 million, but a lot of the others in the day parts concerning, you know, the daytime areas, they're dying. They're actually losing out to OAN, which recently got censored by YouTube over this COVID-19 issue, and Newsmax. Newsmax was also coming up in the world. Newsmax has been there for about 20, about like, 15, 16, 17 years was once they did do video back in the day. They actually re, re, is actually getting back into the game. They're actually getting back into it. They're actually getting back into the game. And now they have the, now they're starting to move ahead. And it is going to be a very interesting time for all of them in 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 situ and in show. CNN is not making the bank as they used to. With Trump gone, we won't know until the 14th of December. Things are going to reach a point where you cannot possibly and I do mean possibly wonder what is going to happen in the future. You do not know what's going to happen. CNN being sold is going to make a sea change with the way news is handled. It could be that CBS News might buy it and they might use the resources from CNN in order to even consolidate even further. Because what I see basically is they don't have the people there anymore. They don't. And they can combine the resources they have with CBSN, the local affiliates, and all the rest of it. That's one aspect that could happen. CNN could be sold to other companies as well. That is another big deal. It could also be sold to Netflix. You never know. Amazon could buy it, combine it with the Washington Post. You never know. CNN being sold is extremely dangerous. CBS News, in turn, we're not going to see the likes of this for a long time. I don't believe they have a news division. I don't believe a lot of news divisions have new divisions. But I don't believe that CBS is a strong news division. I think they're the weakest news division of all the other news networks. I think the move to Washington was a ploy for a lot of attention. And I think that y'all better get the things we'll get into in particular tier. They better get into gear. I think Susan Zerinsky needs to be, uh, needs to go. I have said it from the beginning. They're not going to let her go. They need to renegotiate her contract with Gail King. They need to figure out how they're going to handle all this bullshit there because the secrets of CBS News are going to come out and it's going to be devastating and it's going to be absolutely embarrassing for everyone involved. Absolutely embarrassing. Viacom 
has to rely on Paramount Peaks from now on. They have no choice. The network, CBS, the main network of CBS, not, not viable all over the world. They have to rely on that one. They have to rely on Paramount Peaks to save Viacom, and they will succeed on it. But I do want to say this. Outside, I only see three streaming services surviving. I see Peacock surviving. I see uh, Disney Plus surviving. I also see uh, Paramount Peak surviving. I don't think HBO Max is going to be long, maybe two, three years. Then they're going to close their doors. I don't think other ones will survive. I think there will be only three, and that's it. I think the problem with that, it's going to be sad for all this, and it's going to be a disaster for, uh, for Warner Brothers, but I think that's the point. I think that's the point. It's going to be a disaster for Warner Brothers. But Warner Brothers said, we're going to censor everything. We're going to put all these things up in, up in this, and it's over. I don't think that it, 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 you, you're ready to see the disaster that will come once a lot of these social, uh, these streaming media entities die off. Another thing that I think is going to happen is that to be... In the future, Tubi has a future. Um, I'm not even sure if Tubi is going to. I'm not sure Tubi is going to be like something of the nature of, oh, this is gonna work and that's not gonna work. I think Tubi's the uh, it could go deep, and I think they could be successful. But they're gonna have to work on a lot of shit, and they have to have us. They have to have a live stream. I think that people need to look at what I mean by live stream is that you need to download NHK World's live stream. You need to download NHK World's app, Roku TV. I think you need to download it, and you need to look at it, and look at the live stream there. This is what they need to do. They need to have multiple live streams like they do for NHK World. I know they have the one live stream there. They need to add more. They, they, these companies need to add more live streams. Their cable channels need to have those live streams. If they don't do that, they're in serious trouble. I really do mean that. I mean these companies need those streams. I need they need to put it there. And they can choose whatever they want to watch. This is a joke that they don't. It's a joke. Um, That being said, I think Peacock will be the last one. They, they know what they're doing concerning that. Um, With some of the live streams, the virtual live channels that they call it. They call it virtual live channels. I call them live streams. They need to put that out there. Um, 2023... Those streams are going to come, they have to be made today. Now, I want to talk about the music industry, and I'm going to make this a little short. If everybody knows the story of Miles Davis and his 1969 to 1975 run, um, it's similar to what Kanye West was. 
there is a interesting linkage between jazz and rap that a lot of people don't understand. But what came after Miles Davis, what came after Kanye West was power metal, heavy metal in the 1980s. We're going to have a similar thing happen sometime around 2023, sometime around 2022, 2023. And I think the first parts of it are going to start in mid-2021. The first parts of it, because it's just going to be, I don't want none of this shit. They're killing each other. It's all this. These people are not like the legends of the past. The older legends are dying in the wreck. Then let's do something different. Here's another interesting thing you have to realize. Who is the only group right now that got co-signed, metal group that got co-signed by all the legends? Baby metal. By the time uh, around 2023, there will be 21, 18. There will be 2021 and 18. I mean, 2021, 23, I believe, or maybe a little younger than that. And they would have been cold signed by every single metal artist that you say, they're cool. They can do it. That will be pop metal. It will be cut. They will have their first major worldwide hit by that time. They would, they have already have a couple of albums. They're going to have another album come around that time. They will be a major hit, but there will be three other groups, new groups, heavy metal groups, or a mixture of rap metal groups that will start seeing to make some inroads in the next couple of years. So, that is the worry you need today. I want to let, let me, let me warn every one of you in the rap game right now. I want to warn all of you. Y'all put your eggs on Black Lives Matter. I completely understand why. I understand the complaints about Spotify. They're justified. Especially when I look at the numbers. They're justified. I completely understand where all the the other things are coming from. Justified. It's not going to matter. Sea change is coming. You're not going to like the sea change. 50-year buildup. Always been out of the mainstream. They need the anti-mainstream sorts is going to be heavy metal. I'm sorry to tell you this, folks. You guys have become corporate. Especially with what Young Dog said about Andre 3000. A lot of you cats became corporate. And a lot of you cats played the corporate game. And that's fine. But watch when the bullshit and count happens. Let us be careful, folks, and let us be more wise. We're losing our young stars, and when the young stars start passing away, guess who's going to come and take their place? And guess who will have that same emotion there?
That's all I got to say about that subject. One more right after this on Beyond This Earth in just a moment. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. On teachable moments in the upcoming episode, some praise and some damnation to the mommy meme analysis. The oddest, that's the Twitter handle for this particular user that posted a YouTube um, video concerning this particular entity of the meme, was able to do an interesting video about the TF no GF meme. But as we head into the specials, I show you that he's right. However, the way out of it will be worse than what everybody thinks. So you can listen to that very interesting analysis on the upcoming episode of Teachable Moments that will be available. Only one of them to this week as things get very interesting as we head towards the projects. I can make this announcement. And I'm going to make the announcement again. The 28th of January 2021 will be the day that I air the five specials or start the five specials. Remember, the first special is the truth. And the other specials are going to be dealing with the book. All this is important. I think that it has to be done in this particular way. It's only going to be 30 minutes long each, but there will be teachable moments that will last between 15 minutes to one hour surrounding all of this because a lot of it is to unpack a lot of it, especially towards the religion, the religion's end and what the other connections are saying. Put it all together and there you have your situation there. So I'm just letting you know about that. Um, we talked about Thanksgiving and the situation concerning what's going on all over the country with these lockdowns during Thanksgiving, the threats over Thanksgiving and the rest of it, and how difficult it was for people to even enjoy Thanksgiving this year, to even go to church on Thanksgiving this year, to even do a lot of the right things that we needed to do at Thanksgiving. But I want to make this very clear to everyone here want to make it clear how we going to have a holiday this beautiful holiday of thanksgiving in the future because if they're willing to do this all this for thanksgiving and yes maybe christmas maybe they do not care about the people that live around them i know that a lot of people there are not good, and I know humanity can be such a pain to deal with, but the issue is, can you love humanity even though the pain is for real? And that's difficult to do, especially when a lot of society today never put out the right things to do for this particular, for our particular lives. And now people are starting to get on 
the right to figure out we have done everything as backwards. This is a special holiday. And if we don't respect this holiday, we are going to be in much bigger trouble than people realize. And I wish for all of you to enjoy this holiday with your family. Don't try not to talk about politics too much, but enjoy this holiday as it's supposed to be because I don't know how long, especially in this country, it is going to last. We need to pray to the creator that gave us life, ultimately, for the good and the bad in life and and carry our cross and figure out how to deal with it. We don't have to be meek in the face of darkness. That's also true. We also have to accept certain aspects of darkness in order to get into God's light as it were. So that is pretty much what I have to say about Thanksgiving and where we're headed. We need Thanksgiving more than ever. We need to count our blessings because a lot of blessings will have been lost dealing with this pandemic and the many people that we have lost throughout that particular, this particular time. Coming up next in the final segment, more about space exploration and interesting things we're finding about the planets and a tribute to the late great Diego Maradona and a message to men heading into next year, which is somewhat related to the projects that we're working on January 28th, 2021, when we come back from our long break. We'll be back right after this on Beyond This Earth. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. Well, as we end the show today, we want to give thanks to one legendary wrestler that recently retired. That would be The Undertaker. He can finally rest in retirement. He started 30 years ago at Survivor Series in 1990 and ended in 2020 in Survivor Series. In that particular sense, we wish him all the best. He was one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. And so everybody respected him. We didn't see much of his personal life get into the whole business of the thing. And so we move on from that. It was a special moment for him in that retirement as well. He had some great matches. So we wish him all the best in his retirement where he can finally truly rest. We also send our condolences to the family and all of the friends and colleagues of Juan Diego Maradona. I just want to let y'all know something about it, especially if those of you who are 
into the soccer game as I have recently been in somewhat. Diego Maradona was a special player who did the impossible against one of the top teams back in 1986. Univision, if you recall, started doing live broadcasts of this particular um, World Cup in 86. And this was like the first major time that the soccer was available en masse in that day, in that time period. And the final was live. I think the semifinal was live. I'm not sure which one it was. But Maradona in those two moments that changed the soccer world forever did things that nobody thought would have been possible. One man doing all of that through the whole tournament, it was something special to witness. And then after that, he went to Syria. Syria was considered the pinnacle of soccer from 87 to 1997. Some say it was 83 to 80, but it really was 87 to 1997. All the championships, they only had two foreign players for each league which means a lot of players that played in that league were pretty damn good back then. You also had the golden generation of Italy play in that league. It was some of the greatest soccer people said that when you listen to an old man say, talk about Serie A, they go, they, you never seen brothers start crying. They start crying. They start crying. Shit, uh, bro. Don't get them started on that, Syria. It's something special. Juventus. And AC Milan. Oh, no. Those battles were something special in the 1980s. Biggest matches in the world back then. Biggest matches in the world. Ain't nobody there. There was a time Italy was at, this was the center focal point of what made Italy, Italy. The supermodels. The Maradona got some. You know, he did. The supermodels. The supercars. Who can forget that Diablo, folks? Mm, 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 mm. And a wonderful game made beautiful in Serie They start crying. I know you old, mo- you old folks start crying. You crying right now. I know how you feel. It's similar to what the NFC East was back in the 1980s. Tough man fighting. Pontiac's riding. And Billy Joe getting Christy Brinkley being 
Just a simple pro. Uptown girl. Oh, yes. It's a similar idea, but it's more pronounced in Italy about Sarah. Oh. Come on now. So again, he would have gone to Arsenal if it wasn't for Napoli blocking the deal. But again, to all those that he touched, even though he wasn't perfect, even though that goal will be disallowed by VAR, but let's not go there. Special times, special times. We like to send our condolences to the late, great Diego Maradona. God let his hand touch yours to take Argentina into miracles. Truly special. Let's get to space news. First, interesting pieces of space mostly have to deal with Earth, but with other planets as well. Radiation. That keeps planets alive with life. Basically, researchers have found out the way they figured out with Earth is that there has to be a certain amount of radiation between two, between the, in the planet. So the radiative isotopes they have found is uranium and dorium. Uranium and the dorium react, creating the magnetic field. So, that naturally induced uranium mine or cave in Africa seen Importantly, in Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, that may be a release valve, according to this research that came out. I heard of a theory a long time ago that the planets have miniature suns inside their cores. Basically, it's a nuclear reactive core that each planet has. And now this study sort of proves that theory because it says if it is, if the core is too hot, nothing forms. If the core is too cold, it's too cold, it can't support life. It has to be just right. The uranium and the thorium have to be just right to bring the convention and then the magnetic field, the Van Allen belt, the whole nine yards. Fascinating study this. And they will be looking for more planets with this particular mixture as they look for more exoplanets into the future. Very interesting stuff concerning this particular entity. Recurring the, the particulars of finding out this. Speaking of Dorium, Dorium is shown in coal. Remember all the coal dust there? Contains Dorium. 
That's why people got sick from the thorium because it's a type of radioactive entity. Well, it's a form of radioactive weights if we want to be technical about it. And this is one of the reasons why, oh, we can use thorium, this waste, this coal waste, this coal ash as a form of energy, if we can use it as a slurry and all the rest of these things. But as soon as anybody says nuclear, you know, the uh, the, the, um, the environmentalists start going crazy, the Greens start going crazy, the whole nine yards, there's no safe nuclear energy, and all the rest of it. So, that's the way it's going to lead in. But that's a fascinating study, and it does need more research. It is in its early days. Moving on. Mars might be losing more of its water due to globalized sandstorms. The little water it has gets evaporated by the global dust storms, a little less with the localized dust storms. We might find something about water sprouts, all the rest of it, but it seems like if it gets any water caught up in the globalized sandstorms, it goes up, gets ionized, it gets burned off with the cosmic rays as soon as it gets into the upper ionosphere of Mars. So that's a pretty fascinating study when it comes to that and also jupiter's moons keep it keeps each other warm for your convention the water spouts the magnetic field the whole nine yards so it rotates together and it meets up it keeps each other warm it is possible keeps us warm enough to break up some of the ice in some of those planets plus jupiter has an effect it's pretty wild what we found out with the moons over at Jupiter. So those are the space news that we have so far. Man, one last thing as we head into 2021. There were two interviews done by Rich Cooper and Rollo Tomasi with these two particular um, African-American Jews. Let me get their names first. Myron and Fresh. And they are starting to do their little seminars and then um, Zoom platforms. And well, we'll, they'll be there speaking to both Rolo Tomasi and others as well. And Rich Cooper. Rich Cooper recently have a new book that's come out. And now Rolo Tomasi will come out with his own within the next couple of weeks. So we're in that particular time period. We'll try and combine all of it. So to a somewhat of a, a somewhat of a theory of a way things are going to become. So that being said, folks, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about Instagram, whether we like it or we don't, unless something else new come along to change the game concerning this. Folks, you need to get away from this OnlyFans shit and this Pokemon shit. They're not good people. Period. End of discussion. End of discussion. They're not good people. They're just not. 
you need to as long as there is a transaction to get rid of some sort of particular to um relieve stress that sort of thing i can understand that they somewhat get it wrong about this it's understandable i understand where they're coming from there's some logic to why these things need to need to be curtailed in a certain sense but I think they need to be changed into a completely different aspect, as it were. But I will not explain about it until we get into the real meat and potatoes of the specials, which will be episode three and four. And I think there's going to have to be some big changes to the way all of this is seen. Big changes. But what I want to discuss is that have anybody seen the recent video and i may, will mention the recent video in the 18th edition of teachable moments have you seen this video from human concerning his issues with the vision boards that a lot of these women use on instagram which is a female meme concept these women are superficial and all the rest of it. Fine, understandable. But they're playing a social game. But they have no social game. In fact, most women never had game. Most women will not be able to figure out how to get to a place where they want to be with a dude or even talk their way into a dude's man. They know how to do, they, they will figure out ways of doing it to get the man, but they don't know how to communicate in the sense where they can get a man and bring him over. Very rarely a woman does this. When a woman truly does this and does it in the way that she does it, she usually gets the dude. Usually, but not always. They're too scared or they have never been allowed to or they don't have the capability to do so. So the concept of game with women, women having game in order to get men, that's a mostly a feminist lie. And the vision boards show that lie and make it worse and imply all these things about the secret and all the other things without working working towards those goals. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, what if we change this whole concept of this OnlyFans thing beyond this whole thing? I will explain more about this later on in the specials, but what are we explaining all these other things concerning men, women, the whole nine yards, what we call the future and whatnot. What if we move it towards saying thank you to women who are actually trying to reach goals, not superficially reaching goals in there and concentrated more on the finding industry. As it were, those that are working in MMA, those that are working in the pro wrestling world understand that a lot of them are married, but you and you're not doing it today. You're doing it as a way of not only game, 
but as a way of saying thank you for your own humanity. Thank you for being human, period. Why don't we do it that way? And those that are working in the bodybuilding, but not in the heavy bodybuilding side, but like skinny, skinny women, skinny like swell and not heavily muscular, but muscular enough to compete in these competitions. Uh, for they start not strong on it, but competing these competitions, as it were, because they can bulk up and bulk down that sort of thing. It's because a lot of the times they use it for competitions and say, Oh, this is how they look all the time. That's not necessarily so. They have muscles, they have definition, but you know, as females, they have, um, you know, when they're not working out and they're not showing the day, it's tend to be okay, they have a normal body structure. Sometimes most of them do. So don't look at it like, oh, they old they, they, they scary, this and the other thing. They look like men. Some of them don't. Some of them unfortunately do. That's the nature of the business. But there are others who work in other places in the fighting game, fighting industry, in the modeling world, that sort of thing, that are not connected to OnlyFans. Let's get away from this OnlyFans stuff, the Pokemon stuff. They don't do nothing for us but to placate the bullshit and to placate the whole world and the video game industry as a whole. And people are starting to come around to the fact that this whole thing with Gamergate was a military psychological operation. Hello, they're starting to get it. It's years, it's been years, and now the truth is starting to come out. Hello. The books are here. They told you. Yasser Levine told you. Every one of them told you this. That's for the future. Way deep in the future, we're going to talk about the truth. About Gamer getting the whole nine yards. You're not going to like it. But why not we give thanks to those women, not in a sexual manner, but in a manner that is game without going into the sexual concept so much. Something that Dal Rock tried to emphasize as a cat, as a Christian, as a Catholic, as an old, all the rest of it. Why don't we go into that type of mode and give thanks and say thank you for what you do as a pro wrestler, that sort of thing, and move on from there. If they can do that, and you can do that, and you can showcase that, you respect them in this way. You hope they do well in their in, in MMA. You give them a Why not give them a little bit of money in order to help their dreams come true? In that sense, non-sexualized, and they become better people in that sense. In that sense. Oh, they might see you as a fan or did it? It's not about being fans. It's a form of game. It's also a form of respect for those that are actually working towards bettering themselves in their chosen field. It's also a way for you to better yourself in your chosen field. It's also a way to meet other people, not the sickos, mind you, not the sickos, mind you. You understand who I mean, the sins, not, not the sins, mind you, 
but to also to have respect in other people in the field who are connected and know what the fuck they talking about there. And then you develop connections in that sort of way instead of this whole type of bullshit. Then you reach a point where, oh, I can respect you. You're not going to hurt me. Do this and do that and do this for me. Do this and do that. Can you do this? I'll pay you if you do this. They pay you, you don't pay them. Then, oh, oh, we saw what you did there. Can you help us in this type of business and all the rest of this? Imagine what that does to you. And then maybe ultimately one of them catches your eye. You start talking to them. Who knows? Who fucking knows? But it all starts from respect of people trying to reach their goals because you have the same idea in different forms. Think about that instead of giving all that money to your these OnlyFans people and these and Pokemon and the Twitch dots as they continue to run around and bullshit all over the internet. With their e uh, e dot uh, with their e uh, uh, celebrity and all the rest of it, that's something to think about as we go beyond this earth. Thank you for listening to Beyond This Earth. We'll be back next week with, with an all new episode as we head towards the year end special episode that will end, and then we will take a long break until the twenty eighth as we start the thirty minute specials dealing with. Religion and the Red Pill, which is going to be a humongous book and a game changer for the rest of the world, hopefully, because I'm going to combine a lot of these things together. And the first episode deals with the truth that refuses to be revealed. It will be time to say it. It's not going to be a pretty listen, but it's going to be an important one. I made sure it was delayed until after the inauguration because anything and everything can happen within a moment. So let us make sure we have enough space just in case things happen. If nothing happens, well, we still got the specials to do, but we delayed it for that reason. I don't want interference until... The 27th, the week of the 26th, 27th, and the 28th would when it will be available. So we're gonna end our 13 at first 13 episodes on the 19th. We will restart with the 14th episode of Beyond This Earth somewhere in March. And we will continue our season all the way to uh, the season finale, which will be episode 24 sometime within May or June of this year, of next year. So that is the plan. But those extra five episodes have to deal with the special and more teachable moments as well. Like I said before, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your radio shows. Nobody holler back here. Take care of yourselves. Have a happy rest of your Thanksgiving weekend. And we will see you guys next week on Beyond This Earth.
Beyond This Earth is a Gaurav Gothic production.